Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Grace. I'm Christina. I'm Mary Peyton. And I'm Mike. Happy Pride Month, everybody! Woo! Woo! Happy Pride! Happy Pride Month! It's our favorite month of the year. It's the holiday season. It's the the most colorful month of the year. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're celebrating by talking all about our favorite queer literature. 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 (laughs) The liturgy of... (laughs) (laughs) We've pulled together some of our absolute favorites um so if you haven't checked these out we recommend them yeah sorry i'm just really excited (laughs) well christina you're so excited why don't you kick us off with one of your faves i would love to the first book that i would like to recommend that i read uh i think earlier this year is this is how you lose the time war by max gladstone and amal el motar i really want to read that one it's so flippin good it's a book (laughs) Let's just say that, like, it's really cerebral. Like, the language is so beautiful that at times I felt that I was perhaps not quite smart enough to keep up. (laughs) But I did. And it's like a shorty. I think it's like 200 pages. And it's dual perspective about these two opposing agents in the time war. So they're both really beautifully and abstractly going up and down the threads of time, trying to win the time war. And it's super big picture like you don't learn anything about the time war it's just about these two women who only meet because they are supposed to be stop oh my god a total enemy lovers i love it so much i recommend everyone (laughs) reads it even if you're not quite smart enough like me because it's worth it There's a full blog post on our website um, that includes all of the books that we'll mention today and more. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably won't get to all of the things on this list today just because time. If I were going to sit here and gush about every <laughs> queer book I've ever loved, this podcast would never end. Yes, exactly. So we're, we're highlighting some of our favorites today, but check out the full list on our website. Um, and I do also want to sprinkle in some story graph reviews oh, yeah. of each of these books that we mentioned, just because I had a lot of fun going through the story graph of each of these books and reading the reviews. Hell yeah. The story graph review for This Is How You Lose the Time War is from Vic's Bookish Things. Um, they said, this book has my soul in the palm of its hand. And I think that uh, pretty much sums it up. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Makes me really excited to read that book. (laughs) You have to. You simply must. Mm -hmm. All right, Michael, you want to go next? Yeah, absolutely. A book that I like to bring up is called The Stonewall Reader, and it's by the New York Public Library with contributions by Edmund White. And this is very much one of those books that I feel like you should read because in order to know where you're going, you need to know where you came from. And this book marks the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising, which happened June 28th, 2019 which that's considered one of the most significant events in the gay liberation movement and the catalyst for the modern fight for LGBTQIA plus rights in the United States. You know, for those that don't know, 
This uh, all started when basically the queer population in New York City was, you know, being bullied just like many others across the nation and um, finally had enough. And Marsha P. Johnson, who is a trans drag performer, is credited for being the one to start Stonewall. Although, you know, it is believed that, you know, there's many people there. This is just the person who became like the idol of that movement by throwing a brick through a glass window and it start, actually started the riots within the city for people to be heard. And it's just really cool with this book because it's basically an anthology of articles and um, basically, uh, you know, of the events that went on during that time from that actual day, five years before and five years after. It's a collection of first accounts, diaries, periodic literature, and articles from LGBTQ magazines and newspapers. And it's just one of those things where it's just, you should know about the story. So you know that even today where we are still very much fighting for equality, you need to know like how hard we've been fighting and for how long, at least yeah. for how long our voice has been heard. Mm-hmm. And the story graph review for this book comes from Wow She Can Read, which I love that name. I love it because it <laughs> provides us with her pronouns. <laughs> right. That's true. And of course, while she can read, started their review off with, wow, I love this book. (laughs) (laughs) Being able to read firsthand accounts of life as a queer person during the 60s from numerous points of view was absolutely illuminating in every sense of the word. For me, each story I read added another layer to the world I was able to visualize in my head, helping me imagine what felt like the real immersive 3D world that these writers and activists once lived in. It's like the opposite of my book review. I'm like, what if two lesbians running up and down time? And you're like, okay, what about our very real history? It's all about balance. Yeah, and I don't really read a lot of nonfiction. So this was definitely one of them that I was really like, proud that I read. Yeah, you know, good for you. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Mary Peyton, you're up. Well, I want to talk about a wildling favorite, The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Oh my god, and yes. we got to meet him a couple of weeks ago. A couple months, like two, oh, time, what is time? We got to meet him! <laughs> <laughs> we got to meet him! We did, he signed our books! Yeah, shout out to Fountain Bookstore for throwing that wonderful event. We love Fountain Books. And he was just as wonderful and kind and warm and welcoming as his books are. Well, at least the ones I've read. And this book is one of them for sure. V.E. Schwab, who's a really famous author, said of this book, it's like being wrapped in a big gay blanket oh, oh, and God. can confirm <laughs> this one's fiction. It's just like really wholesome, heartwarming fiction. It's about a caseworker called his name is Linus Baker. He works for the department in charge of magical youth. I love magic kids. It's like yeah. <laughs> so many shenanigans always ensue. Yeah. And it starts off very like dry humor, like very like no nonsense kind of. But you're also talking about magic. It's a very cool combination from the beginning. And his role when the book starts out is to determine whether six dangerous magical children are likely to bring about the end of the world. I love it so much. Yeah, it's it's a really um, enchanting love story. But even so much more than that, it's more a found family story. Yeah, I think I think that the the romance aspect is really it's not the main crux of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still wonderful. Like, oh, I loved every moment of the love story of it. But it's much more about like found family in a very unexpected place. And yeah. it was beautiful. Highly recommend. I listened to the audiobook, which I also I really enjoyed the narrator on that one. 
Oh, cool. I haven't listened to the audio of that one. Mm -hmm. I haven't either. I know it's confusing because I lent you the hard copy book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm actually such a fraud because I'm right in the middle of this book. I haven't finished it yet. (laughs) You're not a fraud. Um, You're working. You're only half a fraud. I'm working on it. (laughs) I was like, TJ Klune, don't look me in the eyes. I haven't finished (laughs) your book yet. (laughs) Um, I I also think it's worth mentioning um, that event that we went to uh, with TJ Klune hosted by Fountain Bookstore. Um, He was actually interviewing another author, Emily Tesh who um, was talking about her new book, Some Desperate Glory, which um, since we just got this a couple of days ago, none of us have had the opportunity to read that book yet. But it also is a queer book with like an asexual protagonist. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to read that one. So I just wanted to plug mm-hmm. that while we're talking about that event because it wasn't really about TJ. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. He was the moderator of the event. Yeah. So that's a good sci-fi edition because that's I feel like that's a genre where it's hard to find queer stories. Oh, it's getting less hard. People are like, oh, in right. space, anything's <laughs> possible. <laughs> Mary Payne, I'm going to read the It's So Long, the story graph review that I added for this one, but I have to read it because I think it's so cute and fun. This is from Audrey01. There are two types of authors in this world, the ones that don't impact you and the ones that do. T.J. Klune is the latter. This book seems to have all the elements you would want. Love, adventure, self-discovery, and self-reflection all cooked up in a wonderful 398 pages. You'll melt at Chauncey's kindness, Lucy and Talia's sass, Sal's growth, Fee's adventurous nature, and Theodore's quiet yet moving heart. But even more, you'll find a love story that's highlighted by the simple moments like a disagreement between two philosophers. A love story made real. Dear God, I absolutely love this story. I don't want to spoil anything else, but I will say two more things. Special mention, Calliope, Zoe, and Helen, which BTW, I want more of. <laughs> and special mention to all these gorgeous, gorgeous parts of the book. And list, she goes on to list those 20 page numbers. No, I'm not going to list all the <laughs> so pages. Many. She goes on to list so many pages, which like relatable. I'm going to go through and see what moments those are. That's really funny. Yes. Yeah. This, is a, this is definitely a person who tabs as they're reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So they, they finish off their review by saying a magical experience that I would recommend to anyone. So I just Amazing. love that review and I wanted to share it. So um, I guess it's my turn. I, I think I have to mention as one of mine, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Have we all read that one? I think so. I haven't read it. Okay. Well, you must. <sighs> oh, no. Oh, no. Adding I it to your job yeah. requirements. <laughs> but that one's so fun. Actually, I think, Christina, when you handed it to me, you were like, this is required reading. It was, because so. you were editing something spicy, and I was like, this is medium oh, yeah. spicy. It is medium spicy compared to what I was editing. But yes, it, this book is so fun. We've got the son of the President of the United States, and we have the Prince of Wales. And I want to interject that the President of the United States is a woman. Latina woman. Yes. Latina woman, Yes. And just a little, like, enemies to lovers vibes. So many good enemies to lovers stories in queer fiction. There's something there. I'm going to percolate on that a little bit. <laughs> There's got to be something there. <laughs> but, yeah, so these these two dudes are just kind of, like, thrown together. They have a very tense moments. And, yeah, you just kind of go on this journey with them. It's a great, fun ride that I definitely recommend. Hell, Yeah. Also, a fun fact about Red, White, and Royal Blue, the original printing has Harry Potter references in it, and they have recently released an updated edition with all of those edited out. So if you are someone who doesn't like to think about Harry Potter, then definitely make sure to get a 2023 version of that. I think the cover is 
blue instead of pink, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's okay, awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing. So this is what KB underscore has to say about this book. Loved, loved, absolutely loved this book. One of my all-time favorites this year by far. There were so many times where I just sat and laughed at something in this book and then moments where I held my breath and wished. Also, definitely recommend listening to the audiobook and reading the book at the same time. It makes those funny moments even more funny. Cool. Um, I never do that. I no, listen to a lot of audiobooks, but reading the print and the audiobook at the same time can be really fun. So this would be a good one to do that with if you haven't ever done that before. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Christina, you want to share another one of your faves? Yeah. Um, you added a lot to this list, I so you can... did. Yep. A lot of them are <laughs> lesbian enemies to lovers. I have a special interest. <laughs> The next one I'm going to plug is Loveless by Alice Oseman. Um, You've probably heard of Alice Oseman before. They write a lot of queer fiction. I'm not certain of their pronouns, which is why I'm defaulting. But they write the Heartstopper series. And my friend actually has a podcast called True Ham Grammar Book Club, which is based on the Heartstopper series, which I haven't read, so I don't get that joke. (laughs) But Loveless is about a girl who, uh, Georgia, who is starting her first year in college. Basically, it's her her story of figuring out that she's asexual and aromantic, which is hard for her because she has not been exposed to that language, which is why it's so important to have books like Loveless. This book is like the queer like encyclopedia. There is so much diversity uh, of of the queer spectrum in this book because the gays hang together and also because Georgia, I think, specifically seeks out like the queer student alliance or whatever it's called to help her figure out what she's going through. And it has, oh my God, guess what? It has a very fun lesbian enemies to lovers subplot. <laughs> Shocker. See it come in. I think this is a great book if you're like wondering if you are asexual or aromantic. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of help you think through that. Or for someone like me who's like aggressively romantic and aggressively sexual, <laughs> it's um <laughs> really a good practice, I think, to help me get into the mindset of someone who is so different from me. So I really enjoyed this one. It's a lot of fun. This story graph review, like, makes me want to cry. <laughs> um, this is by Geodrite. Growing up as a hopeless romantic arrow ace without realizing I was arrow ace was terrifying because I always felt like I was broken in some way when other people described their experiences with sexuality and romantic attraction. But the older I get, the more I realize just how many of us arrow aces are out there. It's so liberating to finally see the representation and recognition that I needed. And I hope that no one ever has to feel like they're alone ever again. Oh, my God. I'm crying. I got chills. I'm sobbing. This is why representation is so important. Yes. How are you Mm -hmm. supposed to know that you are something if you don't know that that thing exists? Yep. Maybe we should end the episode there. That was beautiful. And that's how you book. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Michael, give us another break. Sure. Uh, Another book I'd like to recommend is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. That's fun. Yeah, Taylor Jenkins Reid has also wrote uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, which is kind of loosely based on Fleetwood Mac. This one, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, you can kind of get some Elizabeth Taylor vibes from it, although the actual husbands and storylines are not... But this one is actually about an aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon named Evelyn Hugo. And she calls an unknown reporter to come interview her in her final days to talk about her life as a Hollywood elite. 
And so it spans from the 1950s to the 80s, her story does. And it just basically goes through her different marriages and the way she had to live her life in the spotlight and out of the spotlight. And I don't want to give too much away because it really is a fun book that you can read very quickly. And uh, it's just very cool, a lot of fun. It hits on lesbian and gay relationships, biracial uh, characters. It just has all these different elements to it that makes it a very interesting book to be living in Los Angeles in the United States from the 50s to the 80s. And the Storygraph Review comes from the bookish gamer, gamer with two R's. It says, honest to God, this book, I can't put it into words. Just read it. (laughs) lgbtq plus biracial all different types of races and people so good and so beautifully handled and i just want to add in there this is not the review this is back to mike's opinion (laughs) thoughts on things uh it's really cool because you get not only evelyn's journey through their love with other people but also their journey as an ally and it's just I just highly recommend it. There's funny parts. Some parts are heartbreaking, but it's just a really good book. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, too. It was very surprising. You know, I started Mm -hmm. it without really knowing anything about it, and I found myself obsessed. And I also listened to the audiobook, which is great. That's a great audiobook. Awesome. Mary Payton, you want to give us your last recommendation? I would love to. This is a book that I read last year and love so much. I recommend to anyone. It's called All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. This is also a book that's being banned across the U.S. Um, Strongly banned because it's both written by a person of color, a black man, but also um, a queer black man. So of course, in those places where they're trying to ban books, that would be top of the list right there. So um, highly recommend not only getting this book, but buying it, paying for it. Dare I say, from an independent bookstore? Yes, absolutely. Not from Amazon. And also leaving reviews for it and making sure your library has it. This book is a series of personal essays that create a memoir. So it it reads like a memoir, even though it's personal essays that have been put together. Um, George M. Johnson is a prominent journalist and an LGBTQIA plus activist. And it goes really from childhood the things that they dealt with through from childhood, like bullying, um, but also some beautiful moments like mm-hmm. with their grandmother growing up also goes into, you know, first relationships, but a lot of just talking about life as a black queer boy. So highly recommend to anyone to read. Um, great for, I think, honestly, YA and above. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, the re- story graph review for this one came from Red Like Roses. Um, this person said, I usually don't pick up memoirs. It's just not my thing. I usually don't like them. All Boys Aren't Blue, however, is an exception. As a bisexual, I have always had a craving since childhood to see myself in other people. My struggles, my heartbreak, my fear, and my love. This book did that. I truly could relate to all the trauma and hope that George Johnson has gone through, though we may have been from different backgrounds. Reading this was like reading a part of my soul, a part that has been tucked away for so long I started to doubt, even wish I didn't exist. After all, who wants to be afraid for their lives for being different? Johnson ends it by saying, whether this book is a bestseller or a flop, if one person is helped by my story, then it was all worth it. It was worth it. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
still gotta read that book. It's so good. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, like reading through the story graph reviews for each of these books was mm-hmm. just wow. It'll get you. Yeah. Okay, so I am going to recommend a book that currently all of the wildlings are reading. Mm-hmm. It's called The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. And this book is so lovely. It has queer characters. It's not really about the queer characters being queer. It's just queer characters living their lives. Yeah, almost like they're just regular people. Mm. What? (laughs) (laughs) We love to see it. Um, But even though the lives that they're living um, are actually like in a magical world where there's like a really cool um, underground vast library and um, it's very beautiful and the Starless Sea exists. You can tell that you're reading this right now from the energy in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) This book does um, make me emotional because it is kind of a love story to stories and books. This is a, a book for people who love books. Yeah. So I love that there's representation in this book. Um, but really, I just added it to the list because I always recommend it no matter what. She's weeping. And this is one of those books, too, that rarely ever in my life do I finish a chapter or a paragraph and I do one of those loving sighs. It's like, yeah. yeah. You know, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, I got I got to move on. I can't re- listen to that part again. Which I was just about to say that I'm listening to the audiobook, and per your recommendation, if I really enjoyed something, I'm just going back. I'm going to listen to it again. I've listened to on some things on repeat on this one so much. And I'm like, you've got to move on. You're going to be listening to this book for two years. It's okay. It's okay <laughs> to listen to it for two years. Yeah. You have it now. You can. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> the story graph review for this one is from Amhud1030. Uh, they say, this is a favorite for me. I find it difficult to describe this book. All I can say is every time I read it, it consumes me and I can't read anything else. Yeah. I must give this book my full attention. It seems per other reviews that this tends to be a love it or hate it book for many. For me, it's a love, one of my favorites. This book is stories within stories that are non-linear. However, the characters and stories are all woven together. It is so visually descriptive, you feel like you are in these places and can see, touch, smell, and taste what's being described. So I love that review because I feel like this book is a little bit hard to describe. Mm-hmm. It is just an experience yeah, exactly. that you have to like have yep. for yourself. Absolutely. And then we're going to round out our book recommendations today with Iron Widow, which y'all know we've talked about before. We've talked about it a lot before because it's so good. And I just want to remind everyone that the front cover endorsement calls it a primal scream of a book. And it is. Yeah. (laughs) It is that. It's accurate. In a good way. I still have to read this. It's about wait. It's about yeah. feminine rage. Like it's yep. about. I'm down. It's literally about a, a woman being like, I don't want to do any of this bull anymore, and then nice. m- murdering everyone. <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh, Christina, that's a great description. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this book is very cool. It's set in like dystopian, futuristic time and centers around an 18-year-old girl named Zetian. And yeah, she's just tired of it. You know what I mean? The system in place is incredibly oppressive and she fights against it very effectively, I will say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're given a giant robot with a ton of weapons, you can fight pretty effectively. (laughs) Yeah. They should never have given her that robot. The system (laughs) is like really 
brutal and violent against her and and other women and so she becomes brutal and violent to fight it which is very cool and this book made the list because it is queer but i won't tell you how because you gotta find out for yourself Ooh. Okay, and our story graph review for this one is from Christina underscore M underscore Casas. Oh, I was like, me? (laughs) (laughs) I will always root for feminine rage, so Zetian was someone who was easy to get behind. I really appreciated how her initial mission was over so quickly, and so much of the book was her constantly pivoting and honestly going a little power mad. The relationship (laughs) development was so amusing to me because, as a reader, it was fairly obvious where it was heading, but the characters are so oblivious. I couldn't answer a single question you asked me about the chrysalises or the war, but the vibes were excellent. I look forward to the sequel and the author's inevitable book about the French Revolution. (laughs) When I was looking at the reviews for this book, I feel like the only thing that people kind of dinged it on was just that they it was hard to understand like the mechanics of the robots and stuff you try writing down how robots i know (laughs) i am someone who i have a little bit of a hard time picturing things my imagination is not great so like Uh the detail the vivid detail of this book i actually could see a lot more easily than other books please check out uh the full blog post for all of our recs and let us know what you think And that's how you book. This episode was written and edited by me, Grace Ball. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at wildlingpress.com.